Hey folks, welcome to Stories Behind the Stories, a segment of the unnamed romance show where we talk about the real reason I wrote a lot of what I've written over the last 18 years. In other words, we're getting deep with the folks and the fans, letting you guys know what's really on my mind when I write these things. Today is Mistress Kitty and Trent, tales of love, romance, and male slavery, and I've got a lot of shit to talk about with that particular book. So after the little break, we'll come back, I'll spill some knowledge on you guys, give you guys a little bit of heart, and hopefully convince you to buy the book, despite the fact that it is literally, wow, 10 years old? No, it's almost 20 years old, according to the copyright here. So, stay tuned. Hey folks, I wish I could get that intro music to stick around a little longer at the front of the podcast and get it to stick around a couple extra seconds in the end as opposed to just cutting abruptly, but you got to go with what you can do. So I told you guys I would talk about Mistress Kitty and Trent, tales of love, romance, and male male submission. And, yeah, love, romance, and male slavery. Okay, that's what I'd said. So the first thing you need to know about this novel, and I'm going to mention it like I mentioned with my ex prior to, I tried the polyamorous thing not necessarily with the most integrity when I was a little younger. At the same time, I ended up meeting this one woman online that was to later become my long-term 12-year relationship that uh, ended back in 2013. I also met... Uh, buddy of mine's friend, who uh, I, when I called to talk to my friend one day, this woman answers the phone, and I, I didn't have the massive ego that I have now. I didn't have the confidence that I have now. I didn't have a lot of things I did that I have now, when I was all of twenty three or whatever it would have been. But I damn knew I wanted to sleep with this woman. And I just about told her so, too. And she rears up her head and says, oh, really? You, you think you can handle this? And I'm like, well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, not only can I handle this, I will own that, and here's why. And it became kind of a, a one-up contest because once I told her that I began to write or that I was writing erotica, and I'd actually been paid at this point for much of these stories, then uh, it got her interest up. And so I... Uh, we talked a little more. I showed her some of the pieces I'd sold and some of the pieces that were on the internet at the time doing with the various e-zines, zines, whatever. And she, like I said, we'd go back and forth email-wise. We'd talk as often as we could. She had a lot of crap going on then. I should have paid attention. And then at one point, um, decided to meet. It's a Dallas flight, so I thought, okay, I can just 100 bucks, give or take. I can stay with Francesca. A friend of mine at the time, and you know, let her vet this woman because Francesca's not going to let naive little me just go off with some big bad woman who's potentially going to kill me. Uh, at worst case, best case, just going to rock my world and make sure I never come. I, I make sure I come home crying and sad. I came from a man instead, sort of <laughs> way I see it. Anyway, um, 
so we go back and forth about this, and, and we started. Uh, I think we talked on the phone once, twice a week at least. Did the thing, and like I said, I said I could finally come up there on cash. I won't be able to stay for more than I guess about a week. I'm low on income, and she says fine, yeah, no problem. But uh, it was no big deal. Just bring me clothes. So I told her I was starting to cross-dress at that point, too. And um, I said, okay. So we agreed to do the dinner and, and golf club thing because we're both fans of going to the church. And she picks me up from Francesca's. Francesca's reluctant to let me go, understandably so. She doesn't know this woman. Um, she ends up relenting. And Christine and I go off to pick up wine because she promised she'd grill steaks. Had the house to herself for about a week. Uh, give or take, her mom was out of town, I believe, and the kids were with father at the time. You could already see how this was going, by the way. Anyway, we did... Was that Thursday night or Sunday? I guess it would have been Sunday night. Either way, it had to be a Thursday or a Sunday to be at the church officially because the church only does only happens on Thursdays and Sunday nights. Otherwise, it's trash 80s in industrial and um, that sort of thing at the club, at the Lizard Lounge. So we did this club thing. We know what's up for it. We, we played first. We played first. And um, I didn't like it. Not that the pain was a bad thing. I, I'm, not, I'm not a very good submissive is what I later learned in life. And I tell you all of this information because it will brought you back to the story here in a minute. We played. We, we got very close. And when I say very close, I mean I'm scarred, so is she, by each of us. I mean physically. There's actually a scar over my chest that she gave me on a, recent, on a trip up there a couple of years later to mark the... Uh, relationship because we, we got to do a lot of things it was a fun night i just i'm a very sore loser and i'm a very bad submissive i don't like being told what to do most people know better so fast forward to oh, i guess about four months later not even that late um i came across which website was it i have to look Because I talked to that woman a while back, actually. Found her again. I'm not seeing the website on the intro. I thought I had it here. Long story short, I found a female dominant market that wanted male. It was a celebrate male submission and oh, was males in slavery stories. Yes, that's what it was. Because the woman who was a dominant of that website at the time we ended up doing a partnering deal where I basically provided content for them in the guise of these particular stories, uh, and they hosted my website for me. So we went back and forth for that. I had access to all the, the, the female dominance male submission content I could get my hands on through the site as a member if I wanted. I had logins to do off of that. I had my very first website hosted off of them. I cannot remember the URL, but they hosted it up there because I gave them literally story a week and the stories started off with this romantic idea behind this woman who was just burned out and didn't want to be in a relationship anymore 
And then she finds a guy who is effectively your average strong-willed beta male in that he knows how to control his own life. He's got money. It's not an issue for him. He's got a job. He's doing all the things he's supposed to be doing. He's not living at home. He's got his own apartment, blah, blah, blah. But he basically then begins to expand his sexual prowess into the S&M world when he picks up Mistress Kitty in a bar. And he's a little cocky. And I'm looking over the table of contents because I think that's the order I wrote these in was literally the actual order I wrote these in. Um, I said the back, it's not. Down and out in the Dallas scene was not the first story I wrote. I wrote that because I wrote, I expanded this. The first story I wrote here was called Allison. It's basically what Mistress Kitty is, as I didn't let this out to begin with. Mistress Kitty is a collection of short stories that all run in the same vein, and each story builds upon the previous one. When I wrote Allison, I wrote that because I actually bought my first Flogger at that point, too. I bought this, um, this purple and, and black deer tail Flogger from Happy Tales? No. I'd have to Google it. But Christine's middle name is Allison. And again, without giving you a last name or anything, she's not even in Dallas anymore, but um, not doxing her. I named the Flogger after her. Might have bought it with me before I actually got up there. I don't remember, to be honest. It's been a very long time. But I wrote this story where he buys this flogger and they break it in on him. And uh, each story, I guess, it continues to build upon each other. So Allison, the relationship is one thing. Spanking Trent's little, a little less of a relationship. Down and out in the Dallas scenes where Trent gets to be really cocky and gets to get into her pants for the first time. And so she says, by the way, I'm a female dominant. I'm a real live female dominant as opposed to a cartoon ghost. I wish someone knew what I was getting my bits from. Anyway, so they go on and they have this, this wonderful thing because what I really wanted out of this woman in, in, my, you know, in this life was I wanted a relationship with this woman that would allow me to not only fall in love with her because I was falling in love with her more and more, Actually, I was falling in love with both of them, to be honest about it. I know how that sounds, and I don't have a book where I wrote about dealing with that in the poly sense. Maybe I should. I don't know. I've never questioned it. But that being said, um, I really wanted Mistress Christine. I really wanted her for a number of reasons. The idea of a controlling figure in my life when my life was not in control uh, appealed to me. It's 87 in the apartment as I'm batching these podcasts, you guys. The idea of a woman who would, who would guide me, who would control me, who would take away all my, my emotional issues appealed to me. Now, I'm older than that. I'm older than when I wrote these stories, so none of that fucking shit is real. You do all these things yourself with the assistance of somebody else who acts as a guide, not as a controlling party. Didn't realize at 23 years old that was how it worked out. But I gave her... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, nineteen stories. Introduction. Um, give you guys a little bit from the introduction. It's one from the vaults that writers like me generally keep in the closet for a variety of reasons. 
The fact is, I wrote this series almost 10 years ago, back in 2001, and I'm as proud of it today as I was when I wrote it. The stories showcase the power of BDSM and romance, true love between a male submissive and his female dominant. They show us that true love has no boundaries, and sometimes tough love is needed. When we seek guidance, we should be seeking to offer it rather than need it. I'm sure I was listening to Dream Theater at the time when I wrote that. I won't lie. This could have been given another pair of editorial eyes, but that might deflect from the true idea of what I was trying to get across to my readers then and now. This is an odd, The male is an odd creature, I must say. We strive to be compassionate rather than to need compassion, offer comfort then, rather than need to be comforted, and seek to guide rather than to control. I might have been listening to Dream Theater when I wrote this fucking intro. And the editorial eyes, that bit has to do a lot of with the fact that there is a particular purity in a story in a piece of art when it's very first created that with the right editor can be, can be maintained with your average editor. It just, the story is better, but the actual like raw edge and the, the beauty and power of that fucking story is gone or goes away slightly. You just lose some of it due to the fact that you're trying to correct things to say the right thing. Um, that being said, this is or was a labor of love to me. A labor of a love story between two different individuals and how they grow and change with the cards dealt to them. That's what I'm going to say about Kitty and her pet. I will tell you, most of this novel was written to the first Disturbed album, because it's a very, very good album for this kind of material. The first Flaw album, the new Slipknot album, which I want to say at the time was probably... The album, not one that... Hmm. Whatever Slipknot album was new in 2010, and probably the very first Mudbane album because things moved me to create and empathize. Uh, from now, I'll leave you with your own conclusions of Mistress Kitty and Trent, and enjoy. Obviously, the dedication you guys can pick up, up and figure out what the hell this is about. Um, certain stories still stand out a little bit. Valentine is a story that I think the premise of it basically involved him growing his beard out because my ex-mistress hates my fucking facial hair. Likes a clean-shaven man. I don't like looking 12 years old. I will be, as of this recording, I will be 40 in two days. If I get rid of the facial hair I have grown, I will look like I'm 25. Um, some of the names came from songs. I think Resist, Rebuild came from a Sepultura song. The Strafe Mish definitely was Rammstein. Uh, the Final Solution, I'm not sure what I was thinking when I wrote that story. And I am surprised. Oh, well, I'm not seeing it. The Punishment Do should have been in here. I wrote that back uh, about the same time this came out, as a matter of fact. I may have changed the name. I don't remember. I don't have the book in my hard drive. The Punishment Due is a reference to a Megadeth song. short version of that story is that the character actually gets fucking drunk while, he, while Mistress is away on a business trip. And when she comes in, he's picking her up at the airport, but he's hungover and pain ensues. But yeah, labor of love for this woman. That's, uh, that's why I really wrote it in the first place. I wanted her to see that I loved her so very much at that point in time in my life when I needed somebody to be there. 
And she was, sort of. I'm not going to get too deep into the mix here. It's not necessary. But over the years, the book had overgone a number of cover art changes. And those are on one website post or another that I'd put out because the first version was drawn by Tina, whose name escapes me, over at Ecstasy Books. Had some problems with that particular cover. I will tell you that my best friend has a copy of that original cover on a t-shirt. Or she should, anyway. Um, I don't know if I signed it or not, though. I'll have to text her and ask her. The second cover came out, a little variation of that. It still wasn't the right feel for the novel, but again, this is 2001 when the thing came out originally. Ebooks looked like ebook covers were cartoonish. Um, and then at one point, we were going to discuss a re release over here at Sizzler Editions, and my ex mistress had given the book three or four different times to give it a cover. And even with, I forgot who it was with at the time she was with, at the pinhead in question kept wanting to make trip a big dick, which is not a problem. I just can't put that on a book cover in an ebook. Then Amazon's going to let me sell. So we got a couple cover ideas down. Never finished any of them. Because my ex-mistress will tell you she's not good at drawing facial expressions. So uh, the covers got scanned and sent to me. Uh, matter of fact, when she was away, I used to get letters from her once a week or twice a week or so. And she would draw art on the envelopes, and I wish I still had them. I think I have scans somewhere from some of them. But had a good hand for drawing. So this, is a, this is basically your book. Why don't you fucking draw me the cover? You make yourself useful for a change. And when I, when I had gone through the second pressing of this book to change it, to take it from Ecstasy Books to Sizzler Editions, I was no longer submissive. At that point, I was a definite switch with a very hardcore male attitude. And a very alpha attitude. And um, she says, yeah, okay. Now, I joke about having killed her off numerous times in the uh, every time she emails me. Uh, and you'll see on the post. I might try to find the post and put it in here. But anyway, this is a very special book to me because it was the first book that was published. And if it weren't for the folks over at the, I presume now, defunct Males and Slavery Stories and Celebrate Male Submission I wouldn't have had the opportunity to put this out there and to share my love of this woman with the world at large. I would not have been able to push out the importance of growing in a relationship as well. So thanks to them for that. And um, I've rambled on for 17 minutes, longer than the last couple of podcasts. And it's fucking hot as shit in here, and I need to go outside and smoke a cigar. So I've cut the outro and put it in here already. Let's do it. you enjoyed this edition of stories behind the stories it was my pleasure to talk about a book that actually is still somewhat close to my heart because that woman and i are still in contact nothing major will come of that unfortunately just due to the different life paths we've chosen but her story and our story should live on in in uh, ebook format until the end of time if you wish to support me and all the efforts i do my Patreon link is down in the show notes below. If you wish to get something for your money, that's even better. You can go to my Amazon page, provided in the show notes below as well, or pick up this book with its 15,000th cover edition change 
thingy. Anyway, as always, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for your time. And I'm sorry we went a little over today on this, but it's a near and dear to my heart novel. And the person in question is still, you know, like I said. Anyway, looking forward to it next week. Until then, cheers. Cheers.